1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. And I'd like to begin this morning with a quotation. What a surprise. This is from Rainer Maria Rilke, famous poet, author, and it goes as follows. And now we welcome the new year, full of things that have never been. So happy new year to everybody. Welcome to the new year. Today we're going to be talking about some things like, oh, goals and procrastination and new year's resolutions. And we're going to talk about some things that people promise they're going to do and just end up not doing. So first I'd like to welcome attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Happy 2020. And uh, thank you for being with us on our first broadcast of the new year. This is an important day because this is a day when we celebrate the end of an old year, the beginning of a new year, and everybody has new promises and new ideas and new thoughts and all the wonderful things they're going to do. So, Tenny, when people make New Year's resolutions, for example, How long do you think New Year's resolutions last for the most part? Well, probably about 10 days. Well, no, a little bit more than that. It's about 30 (laughs) days. By the end of 30 days, most people forget their New Year's resolutions, but we're all full of hope and promise, and that's what New Year's is all about, isn't it? Yes, it. it feels like a good decade. So January of every year is the highest month for people to start a gym membership or to renew their gym membership, or to get uh, determined that they're going to get in shape again. So what do you suppose the number one resolution is that people make who make resolutions? Oh, it's got to be to lose weight. It's always to lose weight. Yep. That's mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the number one resolution. Is Number one is to lose weight, and then right behind that is to exercise and to get in shape. And most of those resolutions last for about a month, and then we're back to the same old thing. So today we're going to talk about how many people keep their financial resolutions because we're going to talk about financial resolutions. And by the way, that's number three on the list. You're going to save more money. You're going to get ready to retire. You're going to put more money aside for retirement. You're going to get out of debt. You're going to pay your credit cards down. You're going to do all these wonderful things. So that's resolution number three. And What's that, two? Uh, exercise. Oh, I see. So okay. losing weight, then exercise. And then getting out of debt and improving your financial situation. But, you know, it's a tough time of year, isn't it? Because people think, well, during the holidays, during the December holidays, people think, well, it's okay if I eat or drink a little bit more right now because right after the first of the year, I'm going to get in shape again, aren't I? And after all, it's the holidays. So you want to do those kinds of fun things. So here's, here's a little quotation from Francis Wright. Pets like their owners, tend to expand a little over the Christmas period. No kidding. That's real? That's real. Well, that's ah. a quotation anyway. Our cats <laughs> have expanded over the years. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, we have to make every effort to make sure that we don't follow in their footsteps. <laughs> By the way, there was a lot of crashing and commotion this morning. I don't know if you noticed. There was a little box left at the top of the stairs, and I was busy shaving, and all of a sudden I heard crash, 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 and I went running around the corner to see, and 
there was a box that somebody had left at the top of the stairs and they got to playing with it and it went rolling down the stairs. But I guess it didn't wake you up. No, unfortunately. Well, this is a new year and it's a time when everything you want is out there waiting for you to ask. Everything you want also wants you, but you have to take action to get it. By the way, that's a quotation from Jules Renard. But it is a new year. So let's talk about resolutions and talk about retirement because this is a time of year when it's really good to re-examine some things and think about resolutions. So people think they're going to put more money into a savings account and younger Americans tend to have more clear goals than older Americans do. I'm not sure really why, maybe because the older people have just lived too long. What do you think? Well, it may be that they're discouraged that they don't have all that much opportunity to make good plans at that point. Yeah, and I suppose younger Americans are also willing to go, you know, back to the well and to try again. And they've got more time and they can make corrections in their finances. As we get older, it's more difficult to put money aside for retirement and to do things like that. But younger Americans tend to have more clear goals. And then something happens over the years. I'm not sure why. But more people of a younger generation will put money in a savings account. We'll stick to a budget. So I know we tend to work with a budget. We work with a budget in our office because you have to. I wonder how many people out there actually have a budget. By the way, if you'd like a copy of a budget, this is our first free gift to you this year. Just call the office, 508-998-8858, and we're always happy to provide that. I think the more people that work with a budget, the, the better off you're going to be. But resolutions, if you're going to make them, have to be realistic. The, the one thing you don't want to do, I suspect, is to sit down and say, here's a list of 10 improvements I'm going to make this year in my life. I'm going to read more. I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going to get more sleep. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to start exercising. Well, that's four or five right there. And some of them are mutually exclusive. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> well, the first thing you have to do if you are going to make a resolution is make it realistic. And I've heard, for example, and we've had some training in this area, that make a list of all the 10 things you would like to accomplish, but then pick three and just focus on the three because you're never going to get to doing 10 or even five, but pick three things that you'd like to really focus on and write them down because if you don't write them down, it's, it's not a goal, it's just a wish. And give yourself a time schedule. So if the goal is to lose weight, for example, write it down, but don't just say, I want to lose weight. Put down, I want to lose 15 pounds, and I'm giving myself 90 days to do that, and then track your progress. And figure out actual ways to get there. So change doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to lose weight overnight. You're not going to put aside a lot of money overnight. It just doesn't happen that way. It takes time and most change has to be gradual doesn't it yes and that's not bad um people think that they're going to lose five pounds a day that just doesn't happen and sometimes you get sort of to a plateau and you need to get beyond that plateau well let's talk for example about retirement we're going to be talking about some financial goals in general this morning including about how to reduce debt what are the best ways to Reduce debt, get out of debt, and but 
Let's just start with a couple of ideas and statistics, if you will, about retirement. Less than half of Americans know how much money they need to save in order to be uh, retired, in order to retire comfortably. And 30% of people working in the private sector who have access to a 401k or an IRA uh, don't take part in it. Uh, We've seen that uh, in our office. We've seen that in other places. If you have an opportunity to put money into a 401k or a 403b or an IRA account, that's a huge missed opportunity. Uh, For one thing, it reduces your taxable income. It might give you a tax deduction. And the next thing you need to think about is this. The average American will be retired for approximately 20 years or longer. So That's a long time. that's, That's a really critical statistic. So... People don't tend to think about how much money are they going to need in retirement, and they don't think about how long they will actually be retired. We're going to do a show in a couple of weeks on retirement income planning and how to make sure you have enough retirement income. But how do you get started? How do you get started with a retirement plan? Well, the first thing you ought to do is pay off debt because debt is costing you money. And Everybody has some kind of debt. Most people do. There are very few people that have no debt at all. And the typically what I always do with every single person in the office, Tenny, is I say, let's do a budget. Here's a budget form. All I want you to do is to go through your checking account or your checkbook or your online account and list what your typical expenses are. And then let's see how that matches up with your income. Because... And- And the other thing that I ask people to do is not just a budget, but a a listing, an inventory of assets, because I can't tell you how many people come in my office and don't really have any idea of what they own or where it is or what kind of an investment it is in. It's incredible to me. You know what I've seen sometimes, which is kind of interesting, it's kind of funny, um, People will go to the trouble to fill out an intake sheet, for example. They'll list all of their assets and their liabilities, but they won't total it. I know. It's like Many they don't people f- don't. They don't want to face the reality of what are they worth or what are they not worth. <laughs> right. But um, I'd say probably in 15 to 20% of the cases I've seen, people just don't get to the total because it's like you don't want to know the bottom line, but you have to know the bottom line. So Tenny's right. You you do have to have a listing of assets, but you also have to have a budget. So it shows what are your income sources, not only right now, but what's your income going to be in retirement? It's going to be less than what you're making while you're working. And your budget isn't going to typically reduce that significantly. But if you don't know those two important metrics, your income, your income in retirement, and you don't know what your expenses are, then you don't know whether you're going to have enough income to live on. So create a budget and pay yourself first. Put money aside. When you say pay yourself first, that simply means put some money aside every single week. And I don't care if it's $10 or $25 or $50 or whatever it happens to be, but always put aside something for yourself first. And it doesn't matter whether you do that at 40 or 60 in the sense that it's a good habit to do at any time in life. Right. And you need to track your your spending. You can get spreadsheets. You can get software in a local 
Office Max or Home or not I was gonna say Home Depot Staples and you can get it online and it's really inexpensive. For twenty five or thirty dollars you can have software that tracks all of your expenses. So do track your expenses, figure out how much you can save, and if you can put aside as a rule of thumb, say ten to fifteen percent of your pre-tax income every week, you're going to be on track for um, a, a much more secure retirement. It's not as hard as it seems, but again, if you don't know what you're spending money on, then you don't know where you can cut it out either, right? Right. Um, and contributing pre-tax, as you say, to 401ks or 403bs or even just IRAs is so important. But it's something you can do right now at the beginning of every new year. It doesn't take a long time to simply fill out a budget sheet. You don't have to have a form or we can provide one for you. And then, as Tenny suggested, you should also calculate what your personal net worth is. What are your assets? What's the value of the equity in your house if you own your house? Or anything else that you own, including your retirement accounts. And then you have to think about what other big ticket expenses might you be obliged to pay? And um, by the way, there was a small water leak this morning. Did you get my message? No, my phone, somebody <laughs> turned my phone off. So oh, okay. um, I'm not a big phone person in, in the sense I pay little attention to it. That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> So but, no, I didn't. I didn't know it was off, and I didn't get your message. <laughs> well, we have a fairly good-sized puddle of water in the basement, but I figured out what the problem is, so it's all solved. Well, good. Did you pick up the bu- puddle of water? No, you can't do that. It's going to just dry up by itself. <laughs> <laughs> but small leaks make a big difference. This little small leak was coming, just drip, drip, drip. Oh, and, remember what happened to us when we had a small leak? in the water feed to our freezer, to the ice cube maker. Oh, my word, it flooded the basement when we weren't at home. Yeah, we went away for a long weekend, and the connection in the back of the refrigerator had let go that feeds the ice maker. Something very simple. It wasn't that much of a flow of water, but it did about $10,000 worth of damage in the basement. Um, Fortunately, that's why we carry insurance. Yep. But... You know, the the analogy, and I didn't bring it up for this reason, the analogy is that a very small drip, drip, drip can make a big puddle of a difference. A big puddle of money for you. So I think I figured out what happened is that the valve hadn't been turned on quite as tightly or it was a valve that led to an outside faucet. And although I always shut the valve off inside and then I drain the faucet on the outside to make sure there's no water, Apparently, there was a little water in there, and it might have frozen, didn't crack any pipes, but it was enough to just loosen that valve a little bit on the inside. And the little bleeder valve, which is designed to shut off the water flow and let the water drain out of that last 12 inches of pipe, was dripping. And that one drip made a puddle of probably about five or six feet in diameter. Wow. So... I managed to get up there with a ladder and shut it off, and I think the problem is solved. I had visions of calling the plumber. But if you have a real serious leak problem, you have to call a plumber. And if you have a financial leak, if you don't mind the analogy, Tenny. It's pretty bad, but I'll accept it. You have to give Attorney Tenny Lance a call (laughs) 
508-998-8800, or you have to give me a call and help you with your finances and your financial budget. But a small amount of money saved every week will make a huge difference in retirement. Well, I never thought of myself as a plumber, but not a bad profession. Maybe I'm it's more a great of profession. a fixer. Mm. So maybe we can say that you're a legal plumber. Sure. And I'm a financial plumber. How's that? Well, um, how about your health? We'll come back to health resolutions. I have to give you a, a quotation from Mark Twain. The only way to keep your health is to eat what you don't want, drink what you don't like, and do what you'd rather not. So think. <laughs> Gosh. He was not exactly optimistic. No. Um, <laughs> but he told a lot of truth. He said, he also said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. That's so, true. I always like to give a quotation in memory of my politicians. I think that's, that's a good one for politicians. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. So think about that one for a minute. <laughs> we'll but, come back to our how budget. how many politicians can heed that warning? <laughs> so clearly if you retire or you're about to retire, you want to cut back on spending because your money is going to last typically at least 20 years, or it has to. And you want to make sure that ideally before you retire or at any stage in your life, if you want to save money, you want to get ahead financially. Probably the first thing you have to do is think about how to get out of debt. Because let's say you have money in a bank. It's not going to make a huge amount of money or interest return today. But what if you have debt and you're paying interest on the debt? The cost of what you're paying is far more serious to your financial health than saving money. So it would be more logical in many ways to get out of debt before you start saving money, unless you're saving a little bit of money so that you can pay down some debt. Right? You agree with that proposition? Yes, that makes sense. So the first thing you do to get out of debt is you have to get organized. You have to have a game plan. This is an important goal. I'm not going to call these resolutions today, Tenny. I want to call them goals instead. Yeah, resolutions don't work. So remember the first thing with a goal. Make a list of all the things you'd like to improve in your life, but then just grab three of them and focus on three. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, it's a lot more realistic. Number two, it'll give you more confidence if you can achieve the first goal, if you can lose that 15 pounds, if that was your goal, you're going to look better, you're going to feel better, and then that will help you now to exercise more, right? Right. Absolutely. Same thing is true on the financial side. If you can get out of debt, um, you're going to feel so much better about it, and now you can put more money aside for reserves, for retirement, make a contribution uh, into an IRA account, things of that nature. So make a plan if you want to get out of debt. We can help you with that as well. We've helped many clients with that. And first thing is to get organized. It's nothing more difficult than make a list of all of your bills that you have to pay. What is the typical monthly payment you have to make on them? And what's the interest rate on that? What's the interest rate? Critically important is what is the interest rate. That's the most important thing to know. And so if you have, say, a half a dozen accounts and you've got to pay something every month on them, and I know a lot of people have more accounts than that that they have to pay, do something which is called avalanche your debt. 
you know what an avalanche is in the snow when you see the pictures on television and something triggers the snowfall and you see a big pile of snow coming down the mountain. Well, you want to do the same thing with your debt. So once you've got organized, and it's not really difficult to do this, then figure out what's the account that you have that has the highest interest rate because that's costing you the most money out of pocket every single month. So make your minimum payments if you need to on all of your other accounts, but that one account that has the highest interest rate, don't pay the minimum. Double it, triple it, pay more, and pay that until that's gone because the savings on that one account alone is going to save you a ton of money. When that's gone, you're going to feel really good about yourself. Tuck that credit card away so you won't be tempted to use it again and start working on the next one that has the next highest interest rate. If you do this and you do this consistently, you're going to be out of debt within probably less than two years. But you have to have a conversation with yourself that you're going to do this. And there's a book I'm going to suggest to you that you may want to take a look at. It's by a lady named Jill uh, Schlesinger. Uh, She wrote a book called The Dumb Things Smart People Do With Their Money. Uh, She's also on CBS frequently as a commentator. You might have seen her on television before. But a lot of people get really um, depressed about having debt. They feel hopeless about it. They think there's nothing they can do. Then they start blaming themselves and convinced that they're never going to get out of debt. So here's a really important number, Tenny. If you make minimum payments on your credit cards and that's all you're doing, it takes about 17 years without any new charges. It takes about 17 years to pay off that credit card. Yes, I've, I've heard that before, and it's absolutely astounding. So focus on the one credit card or the one debt account that has the highest interest rate. Put extra money on that every month. When it's paid off, you're going to feel much better. You've made progress, and then you work on the next one. I think that one thing that uh, Jill suggested in her book was to look at how much of your debt is medical debt. Mm-hmm. And if there is medical debt, that's one that you can often compromise in the sense of negotiating whether or not you need to pay that full amount. Medical debt, of course, builds up very rapidly if you have a, any kind of an illness, and uh, you really want to get control of that. And sometimes that can't be helped. You know, yep. a, a small thing that's wrong with you can lead to a much larger thing. You know, not taking care of your dental needs, for example, can lead to heart disease, yep. um, things of that nature. But, yeah, medical debt is a trickier one because there are a lot of medical bills sometimes that are simply not covered by insurance. And the number one reason in the country, that's not in this article, but I know this from the past, the number one people, the number one reason that people in this country have to file bankruptcy is because of medical bills. Right, particularly older people. Right. Yep. So medical insurance, we're not going to cover that today, but it's uh, really important to have that in place. But set some goals and reminders. So if your goal is to pay off your debt, give yourself a schedule. If you're really diligent about it, you ought to be able to pay your debts off and your credit cards off in roughly a two-year period. But set realistic expectations. Emergencies happen, but... It always feels so good when you pay off something and you say, I never have to deal with that again. I have one less thing that I have to do every month to pay that debt. Yep, and you feel like you're making progress. It's like losing weight. Once you've lost the weight, you feel totally different about yourself. 
And by the way, you don't want to go out and buy a whole bunch of new clothing and get back in debt again, right? <laughs> you got to you got to sort of manipulate these goals and how they're working together. <laughs> There's a guy named Bill Keen that once wrote about hugs. They invented hugs to let people know you love them without saying anything. Oh, that's nice. I love hugs. Yeah, I think about that with with my cats, for example. <laughs> they don't like hugs. <laughs> well, but they like a lot of attention, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I guess every animal does when you think about it. So keep your total debt load manageable. Get rid of high-cost, uh, non-deductible consumer debt. Used to be if you itemized your deductions, you could deduct the interest that you paid on your credit cards. That hasn't been the law for quite a while. So you can no longer deduct that. So, um, But match, match your repayment terms to your personal time horizons. We can help you do that. We can show you how simple it is to get it organized. If Give us a call at uh, 508-998-8858. And it has, long, to, has to be a budget that you can stick to. It has to be yeah. realistic. And I think a lot of people are just so discouraged about their financial situation that they can't deal with it. So the important thing to note is that you can. You can help them. And just by having some help, some encouragement, you feel so much better about things. When we come back right after a short break, we're going to be talking about procrastination. So Edward Young said, procrastination is the thief of time. We're going to talk about how to avoid procrastination and how to handle your finances. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back to the beginning of a brand new year. A brand new year full of hope and expectations and things that we hope to do to make our lives better. And Not just hope, but plan. Yes, well, it starts with a hope, and then you have to write it down, and then it becomes a goal, and it's called planning. It's planning for having less stress in your life because you've paid off your credit cards and all kinds of things that we can do. Feeling relieved that you've taken care of all the legal matters that you should take care of so people don't have to go through bloody hell if anything should happen to you? Well, I am an optimist by nature, and I always think that there's always something you can do to improve your life, to improve your health. Stop eating three cookies at night and a bowl of ice cream or whatever it happens to be. Oh, dear. No, no, no. We don't do those things anymore because it's the start of a new year. You don't have to snort at me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that will be a good resolution. It's always a good resolution. I make the same resolution every year. <laughs> well, it's only toward the end of the year that you get really kind of off the trolley. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how to respond to that word trolley. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like a trolley and you have to get off the trolley. <clears throat> well, in any event, no, we're not, we're not really overweight, but we can always lose a little bit of weight. All of us get a little comfortable in the backside or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about procrastination for a minute. Um, people put things off. I, I don't know why. I've always said to myself, I don't understand why people procrastinate. I mean, if it's, if it's your health you care about, do something. By the way, I just read an article that said that the number one 
recommended diet and used diet in the country that's the most successful is the Mediterranean diet. Right. And um, Atkins is like five or six down on the list. Um, we should get that list and bring that list in to tell people on the radio. Yeah, that would be interesting. Atkins is the only one that ever really worked for me. Mm. Get rid of the carbs. Yep. Well, I had an appointment once with um, a general practitioner doctor, and he said he had lost 20 pounds, and he said he did it by doing just two things. He cut out all carbs, and he cut out all sugar. Just those all two what? things. What was the second? Sugar. Sugar. Well, yeah. yeah. And so he looked at every single thing that he ate. He didn't do anything special. He didn't do a special diet. He just cut out carbs and sugar, which means yep. no bread, no pasta, no pastries. Um, Potato. Even orange juice. You oh, know, yeah. Orange like juice is heavily sugared. Orange juice is healthy in one sense, but it's also full of sugar. Well, we're not going to give diet stuff this morning, so let's come back real quickly because we're going to run out of time to talk about things. So we talked about the importance of having a budget, but don't put it off. If you've never done a budget, this is the year. Then if you do nothing else, you should do a budget because now you can see where your money is going. The second thing you want to do is pay down uh, credit card debt in particular that's the most expensive debt you can have. Uh, the third thing that we recommend, and you've heard this by many, many people before, have an emergency fund. Emergencies happen. And if it's not to you, maybe it's to one of your children or a family member, and all of a sudden somebody says, can you loan me $300 or $500? I, this problem has come up, and I really need some help. So have an emergency fund. You know, it was always amazing to me, that story that went around, that if, if necessary, 90-something percent of the people in the country couldn't come up with $400. Yeah. It was either 300 or $400 a week. It wasn't quite that high, but it was very, very high. It was like two-thirds of the country, if they had to, could not produce three or $400 in cash. Yeah. Um, and very I'm sure scary. that many, many people listening today are the same situation. And it doesn't really matter what your income is. Um, you can always put something aside, like I said, even if it's $10 a week, and set up an emergency fund for yourself because that's what life is. Life is emergencies, things that we don't expect happen to us. Wayne Gretzky, anybody here ever hear of Wayne Gretzky? Famous hockey player. Did he play for Montreal? can't remember what he played for. He played for one of the Edmonton, Edmonton Oilers. He played a uh, very well-known hockey player. He said, procrastination is one of the most common and deadliest of diseases, and its toll on success and happiness is heavy. So that's Wayne Gretzky, folks. Um, so a lot of people think about these things. Tenny, I know you see it all the time. You see it in your estate planning business that you do, and uh, you see people who wait until somebody is really ill, and all of a sudden they say, gee, we ought to get our estate plan together. Yes, or worse, really ill and, and heading for a nursing home, and they haven't taken that um, that step to plan the five years ahead. So I think you said this before, that if you do planning ahead of time, you can protect virtually everything from the cost of a nursing home. But you have to plan ahead of time. You can't wait until somebody is sick or had a stroke or had some serious illness or problem, right? You have to plan ahead. Absolutely. There's a five-year look-back period. Napoleon Hill once said, procrastination is the bad habit of putting off until the day after tomorrow, which should have been done the day before yesterday. 
Who is Napoleon Hill? Oh, he's a famous um, African-American financial writer. He's written really? a number of books. Yep. Hmm. Yep. I've read several of his books. Um, good writer. And I'm going to save a couple of quotations from Mark Twain for a little bit. But let's let's talk about, besides the emergency fund, if you're not looking at your credit score and doing that frequently, you're costing your family and yourself money. Because your credit score determines the interest rate you pay when you go to buy a car, for example. So a car dealer, if you need to buy a car, uh, used or new, they'll finance anybody, and they will tell you that. And the issue is not the fact that you can get financing, but at what cost, at what price will you have to pay, what interest rate you're gonna have to pay. The better your credit score, the more options you have, the less interest you're gonna pay. So keep track on your credit score, and you can do it as uh, mycreditscore.com, myficoscore.com, and we can give you information on how to do that as well. But know what your credit score is, and how do you improve your credit score? Well, number one, you make all your payments on time. Uh, On-time payment is the number one thing that influences your credit score. So do whatever you have to do to pay your bills on time, first of all. The second one, by the way, that impacts your credit score is your your debt-to-credit ratio. So we've talked about this before, but if you had a credit card with $1,000 of available credit, or $1,000 of credit, but you've used $700 of it, you only have $300 of available credit, that means you've used too much of your credit and that impacts your credit score. If you paid your bill, the amount that you owe down to less than $500, less than 50%, it takes about 30 days after you've done that, but it will pop up your credit score. If you pay it down to 30%, which is even more ideal, then it shows you've got a lot more available credit than what you've actually used, and that brings your score up again even higher. So the ideal is if you could have your credit cards paid down to about 30% of the available credit or or the approved credit, I guess is a better word. So uh, check your credit score every month, and we can show you some very specific information. Um, Increasing your retirement savings. This is really an important one. A lot of people wait until too late, and we've suggested to people all the time. I've talked to some folks who are literally one or two years away from retirement, and I said, you don't have enough money put aside in your retirement account. You're at work. You've got a 401K. Why don't you go ahead and put $20,000 and really sacrifice for the next year and put $20,000 into your 401K account? And you can do that, and you can pop some money aside. It reduces your income. Is there an uh, out-of-date time, an out-of-year um, time when you are allowed to contribute to uh, IRAs or 401Ks or whatever? Is there an age limit? Uh, well, there's two questions there. One is the time deadline for doing it. So for a 401K, it's usually uh, December 31st of that particular year. So once you start a new year, for example, you can't put money aside into a 401k for the prior year. With IRAs, it's different. So if you have an IRA and you want to reduce your income for the prior tax year, um, you can do that up until April 15th, uh, but you cannot have filed your income tax return. 
So the following year, so in this particular year, for example, right now, up until now in April 15th, you can put money into an IRA account and claim it as a deduction for the prior tax year. And then, but, but no age limit. Well, the age limit for IRA's uh, contributions used to be 70 and a half for an IRA. 401ks, it's a bit longer as long as you're still working. But for an IRA account, um, in the past, you could not have put money in once you reached 70 and a half, period. Because at that point, they want you to take it out. Yep. The new laws um, under the new SECURE Act, which is an unfortunate name they've given for it, it means the government's going to be more secure because they're going to get to tax your money more quickly. I was going to say it's a ridiculous name. It is a ridiculous name. Well, in any event, um, under the new SECURE tax bill, you're going to be able to contribute money to a later age into your IRA account. There's other regulations. There's other rules. Uh, we did a brief program on that a while back, but we're going to do it again uh, probably in about a month because it's critically important for anybody that's got a 401k or an IRA or 403b. The rules are changing drastically. Um, I'm doing some further investigation and I'm going for some further studies on just this particular subject. It's it's that important. It's going to make a huge difference. A difference. It's going to totally upend how people do planning for retirement and with their IRAs. So we're going to save that subject for another day. Mark Twain once did say, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. That's true. The other important thing on uh, planning your finances, and this one is really important, Tony, you have to have your estate plan in order. And you think, well, what's that got to do with my finances? If you don't have proper estate planning done, you're causing a lot of aggravation and a lot of unnecessary expense for your family, aren't you? Those who are left behind. Yes, and those family members may not be able to help you in the way that you need to be helped as you grow older, if you grow unable to handle things for yourself. So um, I'm interested in one thing on this list (laughs) that um, makes me curious, cook more at home. Cook more at home. Well, that's provided that somebody in the household has the ability to cook. Or somebody in the household has broader tastes, uh, fewer critical taste buds or whatever. I like to think of them as selective taste buds. Oh, I I don't quite think that's... (laughs) Everybody is choking on that one. Well, let's not <laughs> let's not mince words here. I mean, for goodness sakes. Speaking of mince, I don't like mince meat pie. <laughs> Never made one. <laughs> All right, we're not going to get real personal here about cooking and taste buds. Um, some people are like, no, I won't. I, I shouldn't say that on the air. Should I say that on the air? Some people have taste buds like goats. They will eat anything that's put in front of them. Ah, yes. I have been so accused. But also, uh, next thing on the list, update your beneficiaries. I'm glad you changed the subject. I was going to say something fresh. I just needed to change that subject, yes. All right. It's incredible also to me that people do not know who their beneficiaries are on their retirement accounts, on their insurance policies. 
so many people come in and just say, I, I really don't know who's on that list. So, Tony, if somebody has done an estate plan with you in the past, let's say they've done their trust and their other documents, um, do you invite them to come back in for a review sometimes? We absolutely do. We ask them to come in every three to five years. Five years is probably the more logical time frame. But one of the first things I ask them when they come in is, all right, do you know, do you have a copy of your beneficiary schedule? Um, since your spouse died, have you updated your beneficiary schedule? Um, most people have not, and very few really know whether they've got the right people on their schedules. And, and typically don't have copies. And right. um, when we do a show coming up about probably in the next 30 days, we're going to talk about this new SECURE Act, but we're also going to be addressing beneficiary designations. And there might be some surprising things for folks to learn that maybe you don't even name an individual as your beneficiary or your secondary beneficiary. Because uh, for money going to a spouse, for example, from an IRA account, that's a transaction where the spouse is not obliged to take the money out in a shortened period of time. But if you have children who are named as a secondary beneficiary, under the new rules that are now effective this year, they have to take the money out over a 10-year period. So I just happened to talk to a family member recently who um, basically said that he's going to inherit at some point in time money from his own mother. This is an in-law situation. And it's going to be coming from an IRA account. And already there's concern about how to take that. So if you have the person who receives the money, and let's say they're earning a, a good salary, and now they inherit more money from an IRA and they have to take it out over 10 years, that's going to artificially increase their income and it's going to cause them to pay out more money in taxes than they otherwise would have. We're going to be talking about some alternatives to that. But I've been saving one quotation for you, Tenny, that I have to give you right now anyways from Ben Franklin. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm glad we got off the cooking <laughs> subject. Wine is constant proof that God loves us and loves to see us happy. It, it makes me think of God every night, yes, <laughs> I think we and should, how grateful I am. I think we should get this one framed and <laughs> put it over the dining room table or something. <laughs> good glass of wine every night does everyone good. Well, it, it did good things for our colonial ancestors, didn't it? That's why we got the Constitution written, because oh. they probably all indulged in wine. Wine does good things. Wine is, is good, and it's, it's, it's a natural supplement to one's food. Well, update your beneficiaries, absolutely important. Look for other ways to boost your income. I wonder how many people retire and A, they're bored, or B, they don't feel like they have enough money. And so maybe they do a part-time job, or they start a new career, or they've got other supplemental income coming in. I bet there's a lot of people today listening. Sometimes it's called the gig economy. It's like right. it used to be a term that applied to musicians. I heard that the other day on TV, and I was surprised because I don't usually hear that word, but since you brought it up, yeah. Well, I used to be talking about musicians who would say, yeah, I've got a gig tonight, which means it's like a, a temporary job. But it's not a permanent assignment necessarily. Yeah, I heard it about drivers, gig drivers. So it's like Uber and... Um, yeah, Lyft and Uber Lyft. and some of those companies. 
Those are part-time employment sources that a lot of people have now. And even some of those regulations are going to be changed because now uh, the Uber drivers are going to now be considered to be uh, employees. They Um, are going to be, yes. Yep. Yeah. That means withholding and other kinds of things. Yep. There are some other federal laws that have been, uh, or either laws or, or regulations that have been updated to make more people subject to overtime laws. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of changes taking place, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to get started with a retirement plan, you have to sit down with somebody who's really an expert in their field. And Tenny has a large field. Did I say that? No, I didn't say that right. Pardon me? Never mind. <laughs> Tenny knows how to do wills and trusts and powers of attorney and healthcare proxies. And... They're really designed to protect who comes after you, aren't they? Well, yes, or even yourself. I mean, uh, there are situations where people get older and they don't make the best decisions about their own uh, income and assets, and somebody needs to take over and, and help out to make sure that they're well taken care of. So it isn't always those who come after us. It's sometimes us ourselves. So I think that in this coming year, as you start out the year, you need to think about how can you improve your finances? And we've talked about a number of ways in which you can do that. But a really key component of that is it's critical and essential that you have estate planning documents in place. Because if you become disabled and you don't have a power of attorney, then your family can spend as much as $5,000 to go in and be named a guardian for you. Right, Tenny? Or a conservator. There are both conservator. those now. And that's a waste of money. And if you've just gone to the trouble to do a durable power of attorney, you could eliminate that and eliminate the need for that. Right. And how about a health care proxy? What happens if somebody goes into a hospital and you haven't done a health care proxy? Who makes medical decisions? Yep, that's when the public services come into play to determine whether it's necessary to get a court-appointed guardian for you because you're not able yourself to take care of your own body anymore. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you think, well, I've done a will, but maybe your assets have grown and maybe you ought to be doing a trust instead because a I will takes a long time. I think everyone ought to be doing a trust. Well, because a will takes a long time, doesn't it? If, if you die, it takes well, a long time to probate. Yeah, and it gets court involved in your family matters and that's rarely needed. And um, with a trust, you don't have to go through probate. So these are things that are really better for your family, but they can also help you if you become disabled while you're alive. So in the case of a trust, Henny, you've got somebody named as your successor trustee, so they can manage your finances as well if something happens that you become incapacitated, right? Right. So two major goals for uh, this coming year are, one, do something very specific about your finances. Yes, weight and exercise and dieting, those are very important. But one of the things at the top of your list ought to be to get your family protected, get your finances in a better shape than what they are right now. Sit down and write some very specific, simple things that you can do. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be like, you know, pay off 20% of your credit card debt or add one additional month to your emergency fund or get in the habit of paying your bills as soon as you get your paycheck. Certainly the budget. We've talked about the importance of the budget. 
Maybe you use different credit cards for everyday purchases and debt. So I do that, for example. I have one card that I only use for gasoline, for buying, um, you know, filling up my vehicle. I have one particular card I use, and I know exactly what I'm spending on it, and then I pay it off and so forth. But that's what you need to do. Um, maybe you need to improve your job. Maybe you need to sign up for credit monitoring. You certainly need to know what your credit score is. And you want to make a very specific goal. This is a real simple uh, goal. Improve your credit score by 20 points. So, like I said, forget the weight and the exercise. That's something we all need to do. But focus on your financial goals. Get your budget done. Improve your credit score. Get your estate plan in order. And I have a couple of remaining simple quotations for you, Tenny. This is from John F. Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy. There are risks and costs to action, but they are far less than the long-range risks of comfortable inaction. Comfortable inaction, that's an interesting term. I guess that's what most people are when they do nothing. Yeah. How about Napoleon Bonaparte? Of course, he met his Waterloo, but he said, take time to deliberate, but when the time for action has arrived, stop thinking and go in. It was Napoleon, you know, a voice from the past. And it's it's always possible to start. Even if you start small, just start. And uh, one remaining quotation from Benjamin Franklin, energy and persistence conquer all things. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new year. Happy new year. Do something to improve your lives and to... Uh, help and protect your family. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Tenny. Happy New Year. <laughs>